The Novice and Frank present a comic book podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to The Novice and Frank. Hi, I'm Amanda, I'm The Novice. And I'm Frank, I'm The Frank. That's right, he puts the Frank in Frank. Uh, We're going to get started today, we're going to talk a little bit about Velvet, the comic book, not the material. Uh, But before we do, we need to do our um, traditional improvised podcast theme song. Comics. Comics. Novice and Frank. Yeah, the novice and Frank. The novice and Frank. Novice and Frank. Comics. Great. No, that was great. Nailed it. We're getting so. We're getting really. Yeah. We should put a time limit on that. That's right. Three hours later. All right. We read in Velvet. We loved it. Anyway, let's do our closing song. <laughs> closing song. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Yes. Look at that. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about Image Comics' uh, creator-owned series, Velvet, uh, created by Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting, who, uh, as I mentioned a little bit on the previous episode, they worked together on a legendary run of Captain America for Marvel. Did a lot of great things during the course of their, I think they were together almost 40 issues, and then Ed Brubaker continued past that. But they did, the, uh, they really kind of returned it back to that nice, uh, like the, the government spy espionage uh, kind of feel into the Captain America stories. Mm-hmm. They inter- they brought back Bucky, who was a character, kept, uh, Captain America's partner, mm-hmm. who died during World War II. It was pretty much one of those characters like, I think like Uncle Ben or like Gwen Stacy or those kind of okay. characters that are like, you never bring him back. Right. Uh, like Or like Superman's parents like, mm-hmm. or Bruce Wayne's parents or Batman's parents. You wouldn't bring them back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were considered that. And Ed Brubaker had an idea for a story and said, like, I'd like to bring Bucky back. And I remember the editor, Tom Brevoort, said, if you want to do that, you've got to convince me. Like, come up with a really logical reason that how this could happen. And mm-hmm. he plotted it all out. And Tom Brevoort was like, wow, all right, you convinced me because I was one of the biggest people against having him, him mm-hmm. ever coming back. That's cool. Yeah, so it brought him back. I mean, and you can see just the inspiration from the Captain America movies, yes. uh, what they did there. Apparently, I should say we're there's a football team uh, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> warming up next door. <laughs> we are recording here at uh, the Nerdist Podcast booth, located right next to Meltdown Comics and the Nerdist School That's here right. in Los Angeles. We're trapped between two worlds, both of learning. That's true. Yes. One usually louder than the other, and you're hearing the louder of the two right now. So thanks for bearing <laughs> with us, uh, Trevor. Beautifully audio engineering, trying to get that noise out of here. He's doing great. Working, working miracles. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so they did that run, and they also did the uh, the death of Captain America as well, mm-hmm. too, where they killed him off, and they had Bucky assume the title of Captain America for oof, well, quite a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so then they left the series. Steve Epting left first, but then Ed Brubaker eventually left as well, and they came together and collaborated on this series. That's cool. So yeah. did, they, did they collaborate on this almost immediately after? No, because uh, Ed stayed on the title. He was working like Criminal with uh, Sean Phillips. Mm-hmm. You may have seen that title from Image mm-hmm. Around. Uh, He'd working on. He had been working on that, and uh, finally, I mean, he, he realized like, hey, creator owned is where it's at. So he basically started phasing himself out of Marvel and started focusing more on creator owned. And so, I guess, wow. I mean, this this is issue fifteen that we read up to so far for the fir- end of the first arc. And so this probably took. It was more than once. A, uh, it, you know, I'd say probably almost two years for this all to come out. Yeah. Yeah, because it was definitely more than a month between issues on a lot of these. I uh, isn't isn't all image content creator owned. Isn't that why, or is it just a good portion of it? Because that's why Image was created, right? Is because they wanted to move away from and have more creative uh, freedom with their own work. Is that right? It is, but then you have titles like, 
uh, like say Wildcats from Jim Lee or uh, Spawn from Tar McFarlane, mm-hmm. uh, where they kept the or Stormwatch uh, Jim Lee over so that it came out through Wildstorm, and there'd be points for all, both of them. Uh, where they would have uh, different artists and writers come on and do stuff with those characters. So in that sense, they were work for hire within a creator-owned uh, original structure. But yeah, originally they all left to do creator-owned properties because they realized, hey, why should we let Marvel keep using all our ideas and make you know, millions of dollars and we don't see anything? Right. Why don't we just do it and make millions ourselves? Mm-hmm. And they did. Yeah. I love Image Comics. Ugh. Yeah. I love the, the overall the label just fits. I have learned the tone of a lot of their books just fits what I like, generally speaking. It's funny because they say, you know, with wine, if you don't know a lot about wine, um, if you have a wine that you really do like, then look at where it came from. Like mm-hmm. look at the vineyard and then try more things from that vineyard. You know what I mean? Rather than be like, I like Cabernets and I'm going to like all Cabernets. It's like if you really like something, then try other things from that vineyard. And I feel like it's the same with comic books. Like if you really like the tone and you're kind of noticing that you like a couple of books that are all from the same uh, publisher, then find more from that publisher if you want something similar. Do you find that to be true? I find that's a good rule of thumb. And I think if you were to look at where Image started and where they are now, Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody, especially the, the original artists that went to go create Image, if they could have envisioned where they'd be at today. Because mm-hmm. I think it's... Grown so I, it, much. It's grown, and I certainly think that with the material that they're publishing is so different than what the original creators went in with. Because it was basically just riffs on different superhero-type genres and stuff. What were the first... Do you know offhand, like, kind of the first English uh, books? It was, like, Wildcast with Jim Lee. Er, mm-hmm. Eric Larson had Savage Dragon. Mark Silvestri had um, uh, uh, Cyberforce. Okay. Uh, Rob Liefeld had Youngblood. Uh, Todd McFarlane had Spawn. Uh, Jim Valentino had uh, uh, Shadowhawk, which yeah, I've never a huge Jim Valentino fan, but I mean, he had that. Uh, and then uh, Wes Portacio had um, uh, Wetworks, which are like these cybernetic people that hunted monsters. Wetworks? Wetworks. Mm. Yeah, and he kind of fell off. Sounds pornographic. <laughs> <laughs> if I bought that and there were no porn inside, I'd be really disappointed. I think that's why I eventually you know, stopped doing the book. So like okay. people just kept being like, where's the, where's, the, where's, the, where's, the, where's the fucking whales? Where's, the, where's, where's all that sweet action? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. And now we've come a long way. And now we have uh, Velvet. Yes. So this is cool. I mean, I guess like the, just the, the log line, uh, Amanda, as a writer, you mm-hmm. know all about those log lines. I but, do. They're very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think for this, it's just if you were to hook somebody into it, it's like, what if, uh, and even Ed Brubaker said that himself is like what if Miss Moneypenny was the, the star of the story mm. and so you see somebody that has a Miss, Penny, Miss Moneypenny role who is way more capable than anybody to give her credit for mm-hmm. yeah and I think if you were to look at the original James Bond films you would be really surprised by that I think if you looked at the more current ones where they started to kind of do with Moneypenny and they're kind of showing her out in the field first mm-hmm. you could see more a more of a tie between that character and this one yeah but now going into this what did you know going into the series uh, I knew that you liked it and that it had most likely a female protagonist because she's on the cover and that it was an action uh, story and that it was by image. So it was probably a little bit dark and action-y. And that's about it. That's really about the extent of it. I thought that I had read this before because I thought you had referred it, but you had referred something else that I read that I did not enjoy so much. And oh. it was a million years ago. <laughs> so I was like, mm, okay, I'll that, read Velvet. And then I was like, oh, good. This is a different one than the thing that I read before. So, Thank goodness for that. Yeah. Now, uh-huh. are, in terms of the genres that you like, do you like a spy espionage stuff? I do. I like it when I feel like it's grounded. Like when there's an emotional want and a need, then I 
I really dig it. I love, I mean, I love Lazarus, which to me, this is the most similar thing that I've read to that, mm. only because it's a woman who kicks ass, who, you know, like wears a cool suit, and, you know, and, and is um, sometimes, she just has to be present and deal with all the things that are flying at her all the time, you know? Um, and so I, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. I like action panels. Mm-hmm. I like like great fight sequences and cool blocking and and all of that. I, I dig that. Now, certainly her suit. Just to to sidetrack for a second, mm-hmm. man, it's just like where do I get one of those? Where I they just have the one. you know the huge the the wings. I the know. Outfits. I'm just reading this, thinking like oh, I still haven't decided my kamikaze costume <laughs> this year. Like I bet I could cosplay as velvet. You could. Uh, I mean, yeah. that'd be so easy. Put a little a little white streak there right in your hair, you'd mm-hmm. be set. That's right. Because I do not have any white in my hair right now, listeners. <laughs> she does not. No. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could. I, it's it's really cool. I don't know. Do you know how? Do you think a lot of people would recognize me, or do they think I? Do you think they'd yeah. be a, they think I was like rogue? No, 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 no. Especially if you. I mean, if you were to do this, would you do it with the wings on the costume? I think the. I don't know. I like the idea of that, but it would be so much harder to sculpt, like to create something like that. And I don't know if, um, because when she's just running and stuff, I'd have to like run around pretending like I was flying <laughs> to make it work. Like I'd have to bring a friend who would bring a portable fan to like blow Beyonce wind at me so that I'd have like cool wings. And that sounds like a lot. So I'd probably just wear the, the, the walking friendly version of the suit. Or you just always carry like one of those little small little stools with you and then you have to just set it down and then run back and then jump off of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it'd be a lot of work, but the action shots would be tremendous. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I will. It's uh, The design of the character is very cool. I love that she's a little older. You know, she's reflecting back on the days that she was 25, you know, and she's still just awesome and kicking ass, but they don't belabor the point any, you know? Now... You're a big fan of Lazarus, so that's, that's Greg Rucka, Michael Lark doing the art for that. Yes. So Edward Baker doing the writing for this one. Uh, Steve Epstein. Steve on the art. Uh, just let, uh, writing aside, but let's just focus on the art for a moment. Okay. Uh, do you have is either one more? I mean, kind of similar of similarities, but do you have a preference towards which style of artist that you liked a little bit better? Um, I like the detail in the backgrounds of, uh, generally speaking, of Lazarus. Just because they're really scientific, and if you like zoom in really close, you can see you know all the design that's been all the work that's been put into creating um, like the history of the world, you know the family crests, and it's kind of a different. It's a sci-fi, you know. And the backgrounds lend themselves to more to sci-fi, so I dig that a lot. Um, but I love the figure drawings and the faces in in this one. I think they're really pretty. Um, and you know, just like the like the smoke effects, and I think it's so stylized towards an era. Mm-hmm. You know that that's I think that's really beautiful in this one. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, which is nice. You really just get that feel like the seventies, just mm-hmm. in there, which is just so spectacular. Yeah, well, and even like the fifties because she's flashing flash back, back to like yep. fifty nine. You know, and um, and the beautiful like you know the retro hairstyles and costumes and all that. And it's but it's so modern feeling that you kind of forget that it's taking place in the seventies. Yeah, I don't. It's it's this weird dichotomy where it has that modern day storytelling, but. I think when you think of spies, like the sweet spot is just like that kind of era mm-hmm. right there. That's like when you think like, man, being a spy, that was cool. Mm-hmm. And they just did cool things. And even sure, I'm sure like technology, what they have to use would be so much more Right. You can't just like send a text to be yeah. like, they're coming for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it wasn't a thing. So they had to be more creative. So I think for um, from a storytelling standpoint, you know, it's a, it's a really great – they set it in a good time. 
Now, we've got Velvet, uh, of course, uh, her, forced to kill her husband. She mm-hmm. set up believing that her husband is uh, a double agent. Yeah. And she ends up killing him. And then finds out, wait a second, maybe not everything's not what I thought it was. Yeah. And finds out that, oh, man, I made a big mistake and somebody's really screwing Oops. around with me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, with, with I mean, starting right out of the for gate. decades, somebody's yes. been punking me for decades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this whole, I mean, as she starts kind of unpeeling all the layers to all everything that's been happening behind this huge kind of other this rogue government operation, mm-hmm. were you able? Was the storyline easy to follow? Were you kind of were you kind of like confused at any points? Um, it took me. I was a little confused when the husband first came into play when because he, he attacks her. You know, and so I was like, "What's going on?" And so I did. You know, I, so I was, it took me a second, but everything else was pretty streamlined. I thought the storytelling was pretty good for as many flashbacks and flash forwards as there are. I thought they did a really nice job of of telling the story. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting the way they they had it kind of paced out. Because I, I remember reading uh, an article about Ed Brubaker, Ed Brubaker saying that he had this long game played out for this. So I. And then all of a sudden, like, issue 15, like, hey, we're wrapping up the first storyline. And even though at the end of the issue, they're like, hey, this is just the first story arc. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you – were you happy that it kind of reached the end by this point? Or are you like, boy, I kind of wish that it kind of got rushed at the end. I kind of wish it kind of – I think they could have stretched it out a little bit personally. What did you think? Yeah, when it got down to – especially with issue 15, mm-hmm. as I was reading, I was like, boy, okay, this just seems kind of very just fast. Mm-hmm. And like, Because it had been relatively patient in, in, until then. You know, but it didn't feel slow to me. It just felt kind of patient, uh, and then the end escalated pretty quickly. Yeah, the, I, I guess it, it always varies from story. I guess character to character, creator to creator, story to storyline to storyline. Where there's somewhere you're like, I'm just happy to go along with the ride, mm-hmm. and I'm just enjoying the, the the moments and the character bits and the story that I'm willing to just. You take your time because I'm willing to go. And then there's other ones where I either get really irritated that's like, why are you dragging this out? Come on. What are uh, what are ones that you can think of if there are any that you feel like are really dragged out? Um, I, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily on the image titles. I'm trying to think like comparing us to like something that equal like kind of... I know it's always tricky with genre too. Yeah. Right? Well, I'm trying to think like, uh, like Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Like I'm enjoying Lazarus, but are there parts where I already... I mean, I guess it's a tough thing when you're juggling so many characters. It's gotten to that point for me where I, I've been such a big fan of the story. I loved it. I love the character. I like the reveals that we're getting. But, you know, I didn't um, – the last two, I almost – usually, like, I'm waiting for it to be released. I, like, have it on my calendar and everything. And this time, the last two issues or so, I've kind of waited a couple of days. I haven't felt that urgency because they've kind of drifted a little bit because there are – there's so many characters in play, Yeah, you know? So, and, and I don't know if you think about like, I guess for, especially for creator own when you're working kind of in a genre, even if it's a takeoff of something else, like say Walking Dead with Robert Kirkman, mm-hmm. and the idea is like, hey, what happens after a zombie movie ends? It, it never really just ends. It's this is life. You right. Got to continue yeah. going on with this. But you kind of see the longer he works at this title, the more you can kind of see, oh, sort of like repetition, or just kind of like, all right, mm-hmm. this is go tos and mm-hmm. stuff, where you just always know. It's going to be – they're going to get attacked by zombies. They're going to go find refuge somewhere. Uh, Camp out for a while. Yeah. uh, Eventually tensions will kind of boil up and then kind of explode and then zombies will also be brought into the mix. Maybe there will be a baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's like things are getting slow. Somebody have a kid. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like in old sitcoms they bring in twins. It's like full house. They're like, oh, we got to bring in twins. And then it's like everybody loves Raymond. It's like somebody bring in twins. Oh, I think they had twins from the get-go. That's not fair. What about Cousin me. Arthur and the Brady Bunch? Oh. Mm. That's an and old And Cousin, Cousin Arthur and uh, it was the dog, Tiger. 
Tiger, Tiger disappeared. <laughs> oh, he went right. wherever cousin uh, cousin Arthur did. That's true. He came in and he was just the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Almost like when you brought in uh, Soleil Moon, not Soleil Moon, right? That's Monkey Brewster, but uh, Raven Simone. Yeah, That's, she's so Raven. Yeah, she the, is uh, so Raven. Show. Classic yes. her. <laughs> <laughs> You just want to see Cosby with those 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 adorable kids. Mm, I don't want to see much of Cosby anywhere anymore. Aww. What about the Cosby mysteries? What were the Cosby mysteries? No, that was <laughs> what, that was after he finished the Cosby Show. He You're did old. A, he did a drama. No, that's great. They played him <laughs> on um, the Mystery Channel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they. You see, after he was finished with the Cosby Show, he did a bunch of. Uh, he wanted to be like a TV detective, so he did the Cosby mysteries, and he was. I think he was a doctor or something, and he tried to solve crimes. It didn't, it didn't last very long. Mm. Nobody was interested in seeing Bill Cosby solve crimes. Just committing them. Boom. Uh. Mm. <laughs> topical. Yeah, we're so topical today, Frank. What's going on? And now everybody knows how we feel about that. Uh, so velvet. Yes, so velvet. I mean, it's, I mean, I guess it's interesting because you also think of the time frame is that Miss Money Penny is basically the only woman kind of in like the, if you equate her to the James Bond universe mm-hmm. really the only one that you see until M came along with um Judy Dench yeah Judy Dench basically the only woman you ever saw mm-hmm. in that in that sort of world so i guess it doesn't who, seem who is that type of character yeah yeah so it doesn't seem that unusual oh i mean as you think of the time wise where velvet's pretty much the only female character of importance mm-hmm. in this world and every every other spy she encounters it's just men 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 mm-hmm. so i mean Looking now, you think like, well, all right, I guess that's just more of a the sign of the times if mm-hmm. you're looking at it that way. So you're trying to write a period accurate. But did that bother you? Like, oh, Velvet's like the only woman in this. You know what? It would have bothered me more, but her mentor was also a woman. And I think that she was, you know, they make a point of saying like that she was uh, selected because she was the only woman in her class. So I think that it's, it's one of those things where I think it could have bothered me more if um, – if if she was written less grounded, you know, or if they'd really belabored the point. But um, I think it was a sign of the times that she was the only woman in her class, but she was also being mentored by, this, you know, the most dangerous woman in the world, you know, who then kind of let things get to her. Um, so, yeah, I would, you know, eventually maybe like to see her go up against, a, you know, another woman. But I think it, she's powerful regardless of her gender. And that's kind of what I did, what I dug, you know. I always find it kind of because I think. Kind of what it's uh, if you think about like the the spy genre mm-hmm. or the other stories about that like uh, old spies mm-hmm. that uh, get brought back in the game and uh, they got to, you know they got to like hey uh, interesting seeing them kind of go up against younger versions of themselves mm-hmm. and hopefully their age and experience can kind of help kind of to, uh, lower the stakes with somebody that's a little bit more in their physical prime mm-hmm. so sure you may be a little bit stronger a little bit faster than me but I've got a lot more experience so that kind of balances the odds right. Uh, but I always feel like it's kind of awkward when it's uh, it's easier to see that when it's a man against a man or maybe even a woman against a woman. But when you start crossing the gender, genders, a man against a woman, it's always kind of like, oh, man, I don't, it's tough for me to see like a woman with certainly uh, Velvet's experience mm-hmm. and still certainly still very uh, very much in shape, but a little older. Mm-hmm. It's like going up against other agents, some younger, some her age, mm-hmm. uh, and still like pretty much just kicking, kicking butt the whole way through. Like, right. I'm trying to think, is that real? I don't know. I like to think that it is. But I guess that, again, like one of the things I like about this is that they don't – It she could have just as easily been a male character. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that about this story is that I feel like when they do a – when you have a strong female character, it's almost like they're like pointing. Like, look, feminist statement, you know. And, you know, and I am and I am a feminist, so I'm all for that. But, but 
frankly, it's really refreshing to see that she's doing all of the exact same things that her male counterparts are doing. So, and it's, and she says, you know, she's reviewing a file on one of the agents and she's like, you know, to get closer to so-and-so, he seduced this duchess. And it's just like a quick thing. It's like he hooked up with this duchess and, you know, and then a few pages later, you know, she's hooking up with a male character, but it's, there's a real parallel there. It's basically like panel of it happening to him, panel of it happening to her, and then they get their information and they move on. You know what I mean? Whereas I feel like every time you see an a female spy or agent or whatever, it's her sexuality is such a crucial part of her job that they she spends more time seducing than she does fighting in most instances that I see. So even though they've written this powerful woman, like she's like, I'm gonna use the weapons at my disposal, my sexuality. Like that's always <laughs> it's like always the thing, right? And in this it's like She's sexy and she's hot and she does that, but it's she spends most of her time just like fighting and beating the shit out of people. So I I don't know. It it doesn't uh I bought it, you know. I bought it. I dug it. Now, for you when you're reading uh, a story or a series with that as a female protagonist. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly you mentioned we've talked about Lazarus before. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Velvet now. Uh both strong, interesting, engaging female lead characters, mm-hmm. but written by men. Mm-hmm. So for you, does it make any difference to you if it's a man, a man writing it, a woman writing it? Do you have any preference to either? It's like, no, nope, all I care about is it can be either just as long as they, how they, if they give me a character that. It, yeah, it can be either. I mean, I, you know, I, uh, and maybe that's because from where I'm at right now, I, uh, usually buy a book on recommendation or because I like the description of the story, you know, I'm not as much led by authors by writers or artists yet because i'm not as familiar the only the only author that the only writer that i'm like that with probably is brian k vaughn you know because i know his work so well but really it it it's harder for me to say like well this you know this male writer has this point of view this female writer has this point of view um i think that you know three of my favorite stories at four four of my favorite stories that are all you know heavily female three of those are male writers you know so if it's a strong female character it doesn't matter as as much to me who's writing her i think it's just important that we get those characters out into the world and that and that they're there for people to enjoy and to read i always want to support female filmmakers writers artists all of that kind of because because there are fewer of them it's a little you know i mean that's a whole other discussion but there are fewer of them out there for a lot of different reasons so i think that if you find somebody that you like that does that for instance um an example would be uh, bitch planet right female creators and i think it's very evident in the work you know because they're pretty clear about that um so it's like if you find them support them because they need your support but yeah, a good character is a good character for me. So it's so we have Velvet, we have Lazarus. Mm-hmm. You mentioned there are uh, four. What are yeah. the other two? Uh, for me, it's it would be Velvet, Lazarus, uh, Bitch Planet, and um, Sex Criminals. Mm, okay. And Sex Criminals is is there you know started with a story of a of a woman from her point of view, and then has since you know they've explored a lot of different characters, but both of the creators of that are male. That's you know? true. And it's very. Not only you know female positive, very sex positive, trans, you know all all this great positivity coming out of that, you know. And I think that both of the men that write that are cisgendered white dudes. 
I could be yeah, wrong. They, uh, in fact, I mean, the Matt Fraction, who writes Sex Criminals, is mm-hmm. married to uh, mm-hmm. Kelly Sue DeConnick. Rich Planet, yeah. yeah. And I want to be their friends and play a game night with them at their house. Oh, just right. putting that out there uh, in the universe, you okay. know? Like, you, I don't want to make it weird, you. but uh, I just want to, like, hang out and have, like, a community sale with them. I, I, I think they seem cool. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I don't want to say anything, man. I don't want to spoil it, but they are listening right now. What? Yeah. You guys, why haven't you subscribed to our channel yet? <laughs> if you would subscribe, then I could see that it's you. All right. Well, yeah. call me. I'll, I'll, they're just waiting to, you know, to hear your special thought. It's just, it's you guys. It's just you guys. <laughs> just I'm just about to. You're not going to be there. I'm stepping out of the room right now, so you can have a moment alone you'll, with them. You'll drive me to the game night, drop me off, and then go cry at a pie shop somewhere. I'll, I'll sit in the car. I'll sit in the car and cry. Okay. I'll pick a pie on the way and just <laughs> and eat the pie in the, in the car, <laughs> in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Crying into your apple crumble. Yes. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that would be my that would be my two cents. Is that um all the better like if i can't you know if i can't tell the the you know race and gender of the person that's writing it because it's just awesome all around then great you know now uh another we're looking at about spy stories mm-hmm. certainly one of the the thoughts about that is usually one of the staple of a really good spy story is just a lot of travel you're seeing it's you're always seeing, on the move i hadn't thought about i never yeah. thought about that but you're absolutely right yeah you want to go all these all the destinations <laughs> some exotic some not some just really you know some other just uh, some out of the way like hole in the wall or uh-huh. some like terrible part of the country yeah this uh this give enough of you like a little travel log yeah. Like, All right. Yeah. This is you know hitting hitting hurting hitting certain pieces that I want inside like a spy genre story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought uh, it, you know moves. I think the plot moves, but also she's moving all the time. You know, when she's sitting, the only time she's sitting still is kind of at the beginning when she's at her secretary desk, and then from the time that she the the first like kick is made, it's like running and running and running the whole time. She's in a car, she's on a motorcycle, she's on a boat. She's yeah. running. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, which is cool. It's cool to see all of that, all of those kind of traditional antics, you know, take place. I like it. And it's, man, again, that suit. That suit is just that so... suit is so awesome. Oh. I want it. Man, it's just, you know, I I mean, I guess it was, well, I guess because you think about skydivers, I mean, they have that kind of like that squirrel suit there, mm-hmm. but I just want just more of that just like kind of like just really tight bodysuit with the cool wings on it. I mm-hmm. mean, they, 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 they've seen it so many, it's got to be real. Isn't it real? It has to be. I mean, because, yeah, we all know. I mean, the comics are based on reality. Yeah, right? that's what I've heard. So yeah, if it's exactly. it's a comic book, then it's incredibly <laughs> it's a real, real right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should just put it on your Christmas list. All right. So, you know, we've got some of the other characters that she comes in into uh, interaction with, like Cole. Uh, we also have uh, the the one guy that get out of the, the psych uh, ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, because I, I think if you think about, like, like, the cool villains that you're going to meet in a spy film. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think, you know, corny James Bond, you're thinking, like, Jaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're thinking like maybe like, cool, you're thinking of uh, the guy with the hat throwing the you other know, where he throws his hat. Oh, around. oh, what's his name? Oh. Um, I wanted to say too fat, but that's, <laughs> no, that's it's not it. <laughs> um, he they, they make fun of an Austin Powers. Yeah, um, fat bat. Well, isn't it fat bat? No, no, wait, no, no, it's um, he's like the yeah. big Asian guy with the yes. mustache that throws his, uh, throws his shoe. What kind of a man throws his shoe? Uh, Honestly. This is they're having the loudest show yes. ever next door. <laughs> All right. All right. So um, uh, we'll think of it. Yes. Some, we're gonna get somebody's listening to this, and we're gonna get like an angry tweet. It's like you moron. Yeah. This is who you're. The, you, just do it. That's fine. Oh. Let us know. Yeah, I wanted to say Cato. I want to say short round, but that's not it. Those no. aren't it. Come on, get it, get it, Frank. 
Uh, now you're just being one, racist. Yeah, now I'm just being racist. <laughs> but it seems like the 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 one mastermind as you're going through this is you're seeing Damien Lake, the uh, the, the kind of guy they break out of a mental ward and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what did you think of him? Uh, interesting villain. Yeah, I thought he was interesting. I thought he was interesting. Um, it's this almost struck me. I know we talked about Bond a bunch. This to me felt like Jason Bourne mm. a lot because it's this thing of like it, the villain is the villain her own. Society is it her own branch of uh, of government operatives? You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think is a Jason Bourne thing. It's like, no, that's true. You find out that they are up to some kind of you know, clandestine operations, mm-hmm. and then he's kind of drawn into that web, mm-hmm. where it's like they want him there for some reason. Yeah. So I think that's that's interesting. That's kind of interesting because it is. It's one of those things where it's like when you go up against people who have the same training as you do, the playing field is leveled instantly. You know, and the idea of this organization, which is like a secret, like secret operatives that are so secret that most of the government doesn't even know that they exist and were born out of a World War II band. Mm -hmm. Right. Basically. Well, I always wonder, like, because there's so many of those stories that like that where it's like this organization is after this one particular person Mm -hmm. because they really, even though they're treating him crappily, him or her crappily through the entire story, Mm -hmm. they do it because they think it's going to bring them back to them at the end. Yeah. And I never see so that go. Weird. It, it never I don't goes understand. well. It never That's goes well. It's such a weird. It's like they really embrace that. If you love something, let them go. <laughs> it's like, but if you love something, kick them out and beat the shit out of them and erase their memory. And if they come back to you, it's meant to be, and they're loyal. It's like, no, just give them a four hundred one k and like call it a day. They'll stay with you. You need health insurance for that type of organization. So yeah, I I, I never got that reasoning. But I don't know. What did you think of him? Did uh, I? It was intriguing because it's always like that that person that's just like playing mind games all the time. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like, you know, it's interesting where it's not necessarily a physical character, but more of a, a psychological game that he's playing, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of being a couple pieces, a couple steps ahead, right. whoever he's going up against. So that was that was intriguing to see exactly what his game was, especially because he could have killed her so many times, and he, and he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So you're wondering, he's clearly got some like bigger a, objective in mind. Bobby Fisher, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 and uh, but I mean, I guess. Like all spy films, you find out that it's not usually the person that you think is the main bad guy. All of a sudden, you find out there's somebody else. Either they're teaming up with somebody else, or you know, there's a big bad behind what who you thought that big bad was going to be. Mm-hmm. So when we find out who it is in this story, surprised? Not surprised? I think I knew it was coming a little bit. Does that diminish it for you? Where you're like, oh, all right. In this particular one, maybe slightly. I always like I like I love a twist, and I always love it when this when the storytellers are one step ahead of me. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel. I love that. That's why I loved Breaking Bad so much, because I think that so much so much writing and whether it's television or in this case, you know, comic books, a lot of it's very formulaic. So if you're enjoying the ride, that's great, you know. But like, if you surprise me, you know, usually at this point, I can kind of see. Because I work with scripts and stuff, so I can usually see something coming. So there's nothing that's more delightful to me than a surprise that's still logical. You know, like, oh, I didn't even think of that. You know, so stuff like that is just, there's there's something very satisfying about that to me. So this wasn't, like, disappointing, but I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I, you know, like, it, it didn't blow me away. I was much more um, impressed by the beginning and middle of this than I was the end. Yeah, because it's like, as much as I wanted to say, I the the ending of the story really kind of disappointed me mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, and I'm trying to think, is that just kind of like the constrictions of the genre where mm-hmm. it's like maybe your outcomes either like 
this is this organization is really kind of rotten within, or there's a splinter cell of this operation, right. and they're doing you know a kind of rogue element. So I mean, I feel like those seem to be like the typical go tos when mm-hmm. you're trying to wrap up a story like this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this kind of just fell into that kind of just one of those kind of genre tropes that we yeah. get. Like, oh man, I don't know. I thought I thought I was a little let down by that. I thought like I there would be some kind of twist on that it would make mm-hmm. it kind of, whoa, okay, that's a that's a that's a different way, really cool way of looking at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Did something else? Was, did you have something else in mind, or did you just like? I know that's a harder question. Yeah, I don't. But... You know, certainly, uh, I didn't have anything else in mind. But mm-hmm. I just—it's one of those like where you 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 don't. I don't know. It's like you don't know what you want exactly, but you it know wasn't what you don't. That. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know what you don't want. It's like I know, I know that I don't want Chinese food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you what I do want, but it's like Chinese food and hamburgers. I just can't do it tonight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> give me something different. Yeah, no, I get it. I think that's true. Did and you said so after this? Does it, it does keep going? Does yeah, it actually I, keeps going. Yeah, uh, as as Ed Brubaker says in the uh, letters page, I did like how uh, Lake gets taken out though, where he realizes like, uh oh, whoops, <laughs> <laughs> she's not. Guess what? She's not done. Yeah. And I also like, uh, as we get to the, answering your question there, as I'm flipping through there, just where uh, Templeton Velvet uh, doesn't really draw out, like, hem and haw, like, if she's mm-hmm. going to kill her mentor. Right. Nope. She, he says, hey, this is, I, I was doing this to bring you back to me. Nah, nope, too bad. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, because usually it's the hemming and It's like, wait, I'm the only one that can you know, prove that you're innocent. Like, time to monologue. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, <laughs> yeah. don't. Yeah, I'm, guess what? I don't care if you're the only one. I'm still killing you anyway. Bye. Yeah. See, you later. Yeah. See you later. She's like, I know what will be more satisfying. Your <laughs> death. Uh, as Ed Brubaker says at the back, he says, don't worry, this is not the end. In fact, there's a lot of cool Velvet news that I can't wait, can't talk about yet. They're starting to work on a new project, but we plan to return to Velvet hopefully soon and often. So... Mm. They are going to take a break and do something else first and then come back to this, but it looks like they will be picking up the story of Velvet Templeton again at some point. Will you read it? I would. I, bet. Yeah. I mean, these are these are two creators that when they work together, I, I really enjoy their work. And mm-hmm. while I may not have been thrilled with the ending to the story, mm-hmm. everything else that I was reading along the way, I was excited every time this came out. I was like, all right, great. I, I definitely can't wait to read this. You know, so I, they bought a lot of goodwill with me in terms of wanting to go along and read whatever project they do next. Mm-hmm. So I'm more than happy to go along the ride. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping the next time it has a, a more unexpected ending. Okay. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I would. I I really enjoyed I enjoyed this overall. I thought it was really good. Um, I love the art. I don't know what you call it. I want to call it like transitional art. That's not true. It's like the covers between issues. Mm. I thought that was. I thought they were really beautiful. Um, but yeah, I uh, I thought the art was really great. I re- I enjoyed the story. I liked the character. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Do you know what they're working on in the interim? I don't know what they're doing yet, but uh, but I am excited about it. Uh, but I haven't heard it exactly of Zach Tyler or anything. Mm-hmm. I guess the one thing is certainly with Velvet, I didn't start reading the series in earnest until maybe issue eight okay. or so. So I was able to do like a nice big chunk at first to mm-hmm. really get me psyched in. And then from then on, I just started buying them monthly. Right. But Or I should say monthly. But it uh, the long breaks in between issues, because it could be anywhere from six weeks to two months. Oh, really? Three months between issues, some yeah. issues. Where I, I, God, I, got, I get so impatient. Yeah. 
I would not have done well in old school because now <laughs> I have, you know, I have like a digital subscription to two series. And even at that, I'm like, oh, I don't even remember. I got to reread everything. You know, it's like when Harry Potter was coming out, I was like, oh, now I have to read like all of the four books before the fifth book comes out this year. Like I've got to start gearing up and rereading because you just forget. Like you forget so much time elapses that you forget no. what happened, you know, yeah, and with agree. some stories. But I guess the only benefit for them taking so long between issues is mm-hmm. that if there's a night, if there's a break, I'm kind of I'm kind of expect my expectations have been managed to the point where it's like all right I'm comfortable with them taking three or four months mm-hmm. break between me getting the next issue whatever it is so if it's three or four months before we see them come out with their new project mm-hmm. it's like yeah all right fine whatever yeah. that's cool that works I'll just do that when was when was this uh, when was the last issue released the last issue came out two two or three weeks ago oh yes okay. So look at that, man! You got fresh, so, li- yes. so fresh, so clean. Yeah, you lined up just perfectly with I this. I did. Wow! Thanks for keeping me relevant, Frank. That's, for, that's what I'm here for. That's, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> like one of the first times that you're like, let's not read something from 1968. Oh, it was t- it was tough. It was tough. I know. Because even after, uh, oh, there was something about after, as I was thinking about after our last podcast, like, oh, I should have given her that tree. I was like, no, no, give her something that's. <laughs> Get her well, off this. maybe next week we can do a, a twofer. Now you can recommend something, and I'll recommend something. Oh, we can talk well. about two things. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah. Depends on how exciting your your pick okay. for next week is. Okay. Right. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Any yeah. final thoughts on uh, on Velvet or? Yeah. Are you? Uh, I mean, I guess this ends as and good enough a place as it is. I mean, her hero's still in play, so to speak. The mm-hmm. you know the the, the the her home government. Kind of knows like, hey, what we know, even we can't maybe acknowledge her existence. We still know that she's a she's a good egg, and mm-hmm. she could be an asset later on. So I, I'd be curious to see for Velvet Templeton if it's if it's something that from her own past it comes back to haunt her to get her put back in action, and maybe crossing paths with the government again, mm-hmm. maybe across purposes, or is it somebody there from uh, MI6 reaching out to her because they know she's still alive and needing her back for something that she was involved with in the past? So I'll be. Curious who, which side kind of starts puts things in motion? Yeah, and how much time elapses yeah. between this and the next one? What if what if they come back and she's got like a second gray streak? Yeah, <laughs> and it's like she does all the same stuff, but now she needs readers. That was, oh, I would like it. I would like it. it. We do it, and then ten years later, and we see where the third dress streak, and it's just like little trisectioned hair. Just yeah, just like a skunk streaks. in the back. And, That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, but I wonder. With this is like, do I want to see them kind of adhere to? I don't want to say the formula of this, but mm-hmm. where it's like she's pretty much uh, up, up, operating on her own. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, she had assistance at a couple points from uh, people in the spy organization, but it was just very briefly. More often than not, she was doing her own thing. She was kind of rogue. Mm-hmm. Do you want if she, if she comes back in another story? Do you want to still see, still see that same thing? She's kind of operating it. As a rogue faction, everybody's kind of misinterpreting her actions. They're pursuing her, thinking that she's guilty, when in actuality she's just trying to prove her innocence. Do you want to see that kind of thing again? Do you want to see a twist on that? Mm. I don't want to see her, like, doing paperwork. <laughs> no? <laughs> I, I don't want to see that. Uh, so I like her being her own boss, and and but uh, I don't know. I'd like to see maybe she gets captured and she can't be in communication with you know, with uh, her, like, home base, or I don't necessarily want to see, I'm afraid that the same thing would be too samey, too, you know what I mean, maybe too similar, so at least a twist on that would be good, but I I don't necessarily want to see the, like, Templeton, get in here, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, you know, you're walking a line, Templeton, like, yeah, you know, I don't necessarily want to see that either, so, um, I don't know, maybe she's, like, an assassin for hire, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I don't want to see them repeat everything. I don't want to see just, you know, you're changing the details, but the mm-hmm. general structure is the same. So I don't want to see them do it. Much like the second beat of a herald. Because oh. life's a herald. Just like life's a, a herald. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I don't want them just to do that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'd hope they'd kind of twist it around a little bit more, give me something a little bit different. Much like the ending for this, the next time give me a little bit, little bit of an unexpected spin mm. on the kind of genre tropes that you find within the story. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, look at that. Mm. So uh, for me, it comes I, it comes a very strong recommendation. I think it's worth the time to read. Mm-hmm. And even though I may have uh, kind of been a little downbeat on the ending of the story, <laughs> uh, it's not it, – it's not. A, it's by no means is it a terrible ending. Right. But it, for me, it just felt like – Not thrilling. No, it, it wasn't – it didn't give me the same amount of thrill as I had during reading the rest of the entire series and mm-hmm. just enjoying that experience. The ending just was kind of like, eh, yeah, okay. Mm. How about you? Uh, I would agree. We're, I think we're in agreement on this one. I definitely would recommend it. I think that it's, uh, I think it's really beautiful. I think it's beautifully drawn. Like a couple of the panels, I love like blow up in frame. You know, I think they're really pretty, and I like the story. Our listeners, I think the... she is getting married next year, so you have time to blow up some frames. <laughs> and I'd like them to just blow up whatever frames you think she, Amanda would like. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Just uh, don't, don't ask her her dealer's choice. <laughs> yeah, don't dealer's ask choice. Her. Don't ask me. Don't check the registry. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So either this or a Vitamix. Either of those things would be great. Um. I would like listeners to send in blow ups of panels that you think you would like, and then you were you were forced to then hang those up in your great. Room. Perfect. Yes. Thank you, Frank, for volunteering my already. Uh, my already small wall space. Um, yeah, I, I'd recommend it. I think it's really cool, and um, and it's, it, it's. I think it's an overall satisfying read. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, we'll start winding it to a close for this episode of the Novice and Frank. But mm-hmm. as always, we like to give uh, you, the listeners, and each other a little reading assignment for That's the week right. that comes. That we'll break down the following week, and it is now Amanda's turn. It's my turn. So I'll give you. I'll give you what I was thinking. Ooh, all right. And then we can decide. Uh, so I started reading a book that I was given a long time ago by a friend, and uh, now I was like, oh, yeah, this seems like a good time. Sandman. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Neil, Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, are, what uh, story arc are you reading? Are you reading the first issue? The first one. Okay. So, yes. yeah, the fr- I think it's, isn't it like five five or six issues, I think? Yeah. I think it's pretty pretty short because there's a bunch of different stories now right because i he gave me a bazillion years ago <laughs> art i think i still have this from you if you're listening art i think i still have your ginormous i would maybe call it an omnibus i don't yes. know what it is but it's big, huge big hardcover beautiful collection. hardcover collection and not the whole thing i have like one of the big giant books um but i'm actually reading uh digitally because i went on vacation and i wanted something to read i just have them in issues which one I'm going to look it up right now. It's just called The Sandman, issue number one. Preludes and Nocturnes, yes. part one. I think that goes, I think that goes like four, four or five issues. But yeah, you want to read that, that first storyline? I have five issues. Five issues. Already on my iPad, but I have not read all of them. Well, then I think that's great. Why, great. Don't, we, why don't we break those down? We'll talk Perfect. about all things Sandman. Great. And do you have, did you want to do more than one or is that, do you think that'll be sufficient? There's a lot of Neil Gaiman there stuff to talk about. There so. is a lot of Neil Gaiman. Mm. I feel like that that might be a good one to Great. break down. Certainly, I will. Uh, you know, I reserve the right to change my opinion. Okay, which you viewers or you listeners will never know until like we we, we text each other and like, hey, what do we do this too? Yeah, and then everything's ruined. Uh, we've ruined everything. Yes. That's right. So we'll be doing Sandman, Master of Dreams, uh, issues one through five next week. That's yeah. what we'll be discussing. Yeah, and if you guys have any thoughts 
uh, about anything that we said. If you're like, I disagree. Velvet was awful. Uh, or <laughs> the ending was the most amazing thing I've ever read in my life and you suck. Or if you just agree with us and you want to be really nice, uh, please feel free to uh, contact us on social media. You can find my personal musings at Barnes Rights. <laughs> That's the one the blow up. Yes, yeah, one of my blow up panels will be sending. Is oh, that good? Frank, you just ruined my outro no. so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Frank just held up a really uh, a gory um, velvet panel for me to put on my wall. It will give me nightmares. No? Okay, that wouldn't be it. All right. Not fine. that one. Great. As you were saying, as you were, <laughs> Amanda. Uh, so, yeah, personal stuff at Barnes Rights, comic book related stuff at Comic Book Novice. Um, please hashtag us, Novice and Frank. <laughs> <laughs> such a bastard that's is, this is especially great for all the people listening at home Frank yes, because this right. is a visual joke that you're doing right now where can they find you if they want to complain that they don't understand this bit you're doing uh, you can you can tweet your anger at me uh, at happy go Jackie with an IE not with a Y a, not a Y why because I'm annoying that's right that's right. <laughs> uh, and always please uh, subscribe to the podcast share it we would love it if you did that I think we got a uh, we got a follower in Belgium now which is pretty cool hi huh. Belgium well that means we're coming over to stay and visit <laughs> that's right yep. eat your delicious food that's right and uh, you do the best fries of anybody that I know Belgian yep. fries are amazing yeah, and you know what we'll do is uh, what we're happy to travel over there we'll do a, a live podcast from your home that's right there you go uh, and I want to outro us, but we're, we feel like we're getting outro music. It sounds like they're doing a haka in there. It sounds like they're doing a New Zealand, like a New Zealand All Blacks rugby haka next door. I would mm. be delighted if they were. Thank you so much, as always, to our engineer, Trevor, for doing your best. I know Look this was a tricky session today. That thumb is raised high. That's right. Odd job you were thinking of, right? It was odd, odd job. job. Oh, yeah. That's why we have Trevor. Trevor that's yes. right. I love it. Odd job is the is the henchman we were we were discussing earlier. Um, thank you so much for listening, and we'll do our little outro song. You ready? Yeah, how about that? Stop finding terrible terrible cha- panels? Okay. panels, Frank. <laughs> As punishment, you will start our outro song. All right. Hookah, 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 comics, comics. I can't find this comic. <laughs> Sitting next to me. Cause we're the novice and Frank. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. The best. We'll Good see night. you next time, folks. Bye, everybody.